Welcome to the Total Freedom Podcast, where you can build your total freedom lifestyle and live your life doing what you want, when you want, with whomever you want. And now, here is your host, John Racine. Sarah, welcome to the Total Freedom Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last several months. We were in a mastermind together, and you have such a unique take on things. So welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's um, it's lovely to be doing something creative and engaging, um, and especially with you. It's nice. It's oh, thank re- you. I'm really um, chuffed to invite you on. I appreciate that. And, and I think you're probably referring to the being creative piece as in uh, most of the world is still under some form of a lockdown. So it gives you something different to focus energies on. Am I correct? Oh, totally. It's just, um, you know, we're all experiencing this this treadmill, this hamster wheel of every day being the same. And, and of course, we're kind of grateful for everything that's going on around us, you know, to enable us to stay in lockdown. But it's nice to do something different, isn't it? Very much so. So, Yeah. I know even for me, every afternoon or every evening, I spend about eight hours working on the business and everything. And then usually around five o'clock my time, I will strap on my shoes and just go outside for a walk to get outside and absorb some sunlight. And uh, that's where my brain starts to come up with lots of ideas and things like that. So I can completely relate. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We've got to keep ourselves interested. Agreed. So tell us about Sarah, who you are, what you do, and why you do it. So I'm Sarah Berry. I, um, I'm a mom, and I'm recently self-employed. So I've segued very recently into leaving my proper job and becoming a yoga teacher. Um, but then even since then, my career evolution is just going further and further and further as I kind of slow down, really. So I, um, I've i always had a proper job. I've worked in events for about 15 years now. Um, and whilst events can sometimes, you know, you kind of think of wedding events and hotel events. I was working in the music industry. I was working in, I've done... Um, Five years in the charity sector and then recently I've done um, another five years in the major sporting industry so I had a really kind of a really good job a job where you don't necessarily see women climbing to kind of up the ranks and I was ambitious you know that's kind of woman that I was I was really ambitious and driven and I fit right into that patriarchal system that's been built to achieve bigger better and more and you know I'd get a pay rise but it was never enough and then I'd want another one and then I'd want to go be further up and I'd see that somebody else was doing something and they were in a they were in a different job and how did they get there so I I got to the top of my tree and I was essentially in charge of the second largest marathon in the UK um 
one of very few race directors in the UK. Um, and I was running, by this time, uh, the company that I worked for had a London office and a Manchester office, and I was running the Manchester office. And then I got pregnant and planned pregnancy. Me and my husband had been trying for a while, and it happened. And um, life slowed down suddenly. And they say, it's you hear this when people, you know, oh, when you have a baby, when you come back to work, it'll all change. Honestly, I thought, no, there's no way. I'll still, I'll need more money because I need to pay for childcare. And, you know, I've got, I've got a human being that I've got to support now. It complete, going back to work completely changed my outlook, completely changed my outlook because I took, I took a year off on maternity leave. And I think that gave me the opportunity for once in my life to just stop and slow down. And then I suddenly realised that there's more to life. There really is more to life than just being on a machine. And so that's why I just decided it was, I had to make a bold move. And my rational kind of ego was saying, but you could teach yoga, but do it, you know, do it as a part-time job. And I thought, well, no, I'm either kind of, I'm either in or I'm not. I'm a kind of all or nothing person. Um, so, yeah, Christmas, I said farewell to my job. And 2020 uh, was the start of my new career. So, um, so yeah, so very much kind of coming, I've come from the background of patriarchy and then jumped well and truly off that wheel, off that spinning wheel. Wow. So did you discover yoga while you were out on the leave or was that something that you were already doing prior to being pregnant? No. So I probably dipped in and out of yoga for about 10 years. But funnily enough, I used to I used to approach it when I first discovered yoga. I used to approach it with a mindset of I need to work really hard in this class. If I'm not working really hard and if I'm not pushing myself and if I'm not stretching myself as much as possible, then, um, then there's no point. I'm wasting my money, and you know the kind of the bit, the relaxation part at the end, the shavasana. I used to actively hate that, absolutely hate it, I, to the point where I'm like, do you think it'd be rude if I walked out? Like, could, could, could I just walk out? Um, and then over time, I kind of, I just really, I really enjoyed the physicality of it. But then in 2016, I'd, so I'd dip in and out. 2016, um, I got back on the mat and I did seven days. Um, the only reason I did it was to try and beat the, beat the rush hour traffic and get to work earlier on time. Um, and so for seven days, I was up at half six every day doing yoga. And by the fifth day, I had a breakdown. I cried on the mat just suddenly um, something was released within me and I got it. And I suddenly realized that was part of my awakening that I realized I was miserable. I realized, John, that I was being a passenger in my own life and that I had to start taking hold of the steering wheel. And then it was only a matter of months after that that I fell pregnant with my son. So it all really kind of synchronicities really fit in together. At the, at the right time for me. Interesting how the universe kind of put everything right there in your universe at the perfect time. Yeah. 
And the universe does, doesn't, doesn't it, you know? That's been my experience and you're living proof of it now. Yep. Yeah. It always, you know, we might think things are challenges, but when we look back, we always know there's a reason. There's, there's always a reason that we had to go through that challenge at that, at that time. Absolutely. And, and I think right now with everything that's happening around the world, this is definitely, uh, definitely one of those occasions that a lot of people will look back and say, wow. Yeah. So, you oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's important people to stop. Sorry, go on. No, no, go ahead. Perfect. No, no, it's just for, it's forcing people to stop. It's forcing people to slow down, isn't it? And it's forcing people to to think about what they want to take with them into when we come out of this kind of phase, this lockdown, however long it's going to last. Actually, reassessing the values of I've really enjoyed spending this time at home with my family or I've really enjoyed the opportunity to work on my business or I've really enjoyed doing lots and lots of online trainings with people I would have never had a chance to train before and it's given people it's opening almost that those doors of opportunity to people where before they were too busy rushing through life you know kind of not looking around and seeing anything um and always using the excuse of we've not got enough time and then the universe goes (laughs) here you go here's some time I give you unlimited amount of time now yeah so how does one transition effectively from the, and I'm air quoting, corporate gig into being a yoga instructor initially? And I think you've pivoted even a little bit since then, but how did that transition happen initially? I mean, I think it was, it was kind of happening before I even went back to work. You know, the challenges, I'd really slowed down and just got in sync with um, my routine, with my baby, and um, just a slower pace of of life. And then when I was going back to work and negotiating about how, when I was going down part-time, doing all those negotiations, and it just felt very hard, and it felt very um, aggressive and power play and I hadn't been in that world for a long time and so I think it was actually just quite a slow there were lots of things that raised their heads as like little flags going I don't think you belong in this world anymore um and so I also I believe that people will experience the same thing coming out of lockdown they've had such a long stretch of time to slow down but going back into that fast-paced world will raise all these flags to go I don't think this is for me and it's it's such a hard decision because you know I'm well I was I was the breadwinner in my in my household and there was a lot of pride attached to that there was um a lot of ego attached to that um but I felt I felt so much pressure for being the breadwinner and um and myself and my husband made the decision that it's okay, we will survive. We will survive. There, there will be money for bills. There, there will be. We will be supported. And, yeah, it's, it's tough. Of course it's always tough. But you can either make the decision to play safe and stay in a world that doesn't value you, that, um, that you're just part of a very, very, very big complex machine, or you can make a decision to step out of that 
I'm for it initially to feel, I think it feels harder because it's unknown. But you've just got to kind of ease yourself in, into it and stop trying to resist, come come up against everything head to head, really. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think anyone's got a got a solution, but I think it's trying to trying to to ease in graciously rather than force, you know. Absolutely. As you've made that transition and you've gotten deeper into it, I kind of consider yoga kind of in that spiritual realm or in the healer realm. Have you gone deeper since you've made that transition on that journey? Yeah, massively. So even when I was taking my uh, teach training in November, Again, I think doing three weeks of yoga, intense yoga every single day, suddenly I realized I don't want to do this. I don't want to. I used to love classes that were I used to get a physical workout from, even when I would had my kind of breakthrough. Then I realized this isn't the type of class that I want to teach. And actually, when you look around, what I've really recently had the realization is that yoga absolutely is a spiritual practice. But sometimes it can feel that it's not, that it's just, it's an aerobics class or it's a gym class. It's, it's a tick list. I've done my yoga, therefore I've stretched or therefore I've kind of taken some time and I've said namaste. I think we've really got to the point with yoga where we've got to have a 360. There are so many, there are so many different, um, moves and postures in yoga that some people just aren't going to be able to do for lots and lots of different reasons whether it's biological whether it's that you know the skeletal makeup but for some reason we kind of I feel that yoga has become patriarchal we I we idealize you know 20 somethings that probably have um that likely have a gymnastics or a, a dancing background that are doing impossible poses um impossible for most people and we're setting that as an ideal and I think we're kind of losing the whole point of what yoga is in the first place yoga started and it wasn't even about the postures the postures have only been about around for about the past 7200 years yoga was about um, compassion and self-love and study and um devotion that was the concept of yoga. And yet sometimes, you know, I kind of see all of these hot studios and it's power yoga and placing that almost that competitive element, whether it's competing with yourself and your physical body, whether it's competing with the person next to you. I've been there, whether it's competing with that teacher, that person on Instagram. And I think we're just losing sight of that. And so I'm kind of, I'm really going more and more and more away from that kind of that level of um, conditioning because it is conditioned. We've now just become conditioned to assume that we will go to some yoga classes. And if we work hard enough, you know, it's, we can't do these things because we're not working hard enough. Apparently, that's that's the lie that we're all starting to believe now. You know, but the fact is that some people will say, I can't go to yoga because I'm not flexible. That's not the point. That is not the point of yoga. The point of yoga is to be present, to be compassionate, 
to learn flexibility of the mind rather than flexibility of the body. So when you're doing a yoga position, are you being flexible in what the teacher is selling you? Are you being flexible in your approach? Are you being flexible with yourself? Are you being flexible with your mindset? And I think we're just losing the whole side of that. So in my few months of becoming a yoga teacher, I've already seen a whole aspect of the industry that I really kind of want to kind of move away from and and go to a more nurturing and compassionate and authentic style. And I imagine that that take is going to resonate with a lot of people because people will feel that. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I'm essentially, I'm a 40 year old woman. I've got a child. I don't look like those people on Instagram. I will never look like those people on Instagram. But I think that's an approach and a, and a, and a, and values that people will go, well, actually, you're the type of person that I would like to, to kind of learn from and to co- and work with because it can be really intimidating. It can be really, really intimidating, especially, you know, as students, and I've been in this position, I've held all the yoga teachers up as gurus and they must have all the answers and, oh, my God, aren't they incredible? We're just real people. We're real people that, for us, yoga is our kind of spiritual um, output and kind of the most the thing that resonates with us. And we know what it's done for our lives, so we want to help people do it for them. But that's not at the detriment of injuring yourself, pushing your body to extremes. Absolutely. Is yoga the only thing you focus on in your business, or do you have other things that you incorporate or focus on as well? Yeah, so now I'm really, again, as part of the whole slowing down, um, I've really started to integrate within cyclical living. And what I mean by that is understanding that we all have seasons. You know, we, we understand seasons, but generally we only see it because, oh, it's snowy and it's going to take me twice as long to drive to work or it's sunny and I can, you know, I can get the shorts on. Um, Again, we need to, and this is the whole part, the whole thing of stepping out of that patriarchal conditioning is recognizing the seasons, appreciating the seasons. And that also goes for the kind of um, the cyclical nature of the moon as well, which I'm a Cancerian and I'm an absolute moon child. And I'd kind of forgotten, but I used to spend hours pouring over astronomy and looking up at the moon. And I was absolutely fascinated. And then life got serious and I had to kind of, you know, grow up and kind of leave all of that behind. But I've really connected with it. And I've really noticed that we could, there's, there's magic to be had when we embrace the different phases of the moon. We can magic so much more energy and so much more creation um, and action working um within the cycle that ebbs and flows because i don't know about you i previously used to be somebody that just went at the same pace you know i was go 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 probably the only time i stopped was if if i went on holiday (laughs) if for some reason i didn't i didn't really used to go on holiday either um 
in fact, I went to a yoga retreat um, the month before getting pregnant with my son, and I don't think it was any coincidence either. Went on a week yoga retreat, and the first day, honestly, I was crawling the walls because it was half past nine. We'd done one yoga class, and we'd had breakfast. And I was like, so what else then? <laughs> we don't do anything else until lunch. That is a couple of hours away, like... <laughs> And then, then by the end of the week, oh my god, I was like, "What? It's lunchtime already!" So you know, I think this. I think we force. We we think we can run full pelt, and we can just keep going and keep going and keep going. But we all know, we know, we're we're intelligent, we're smart. We know it's not good for us, but for some reason, we just think that's what's expected. Whereas actually, whether it's whether it's seasonal cycles, whether it's um, you know, for women, especially hormonal cycles um, or the moon cycles, there's energy within that. We can use the phases of the moon, whether it's physically through yoga or whether it's through action um, and in our business, as opportunities to kind of create and harness the energy of the moon and then retreat and reflect and review afterwards and go on this cycle where we're kind of, we're riding the waves and it just feels a little bit more natural and it feels a bit more holistic and right. Um, because it just, it can't be, it can't be this continually because life isn't like that. Um, so I don't know why we kind of, we expect that from ourselves. Yeah. And I think you've uh, spoken to many of us because uh, I'm very much on that go, go, go type of mentality. So I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Hi, I just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for listening to the Total Freedom Podcast. We spend a lot of time on this show talking about resiliency, overcoming challenges, and achieving greatness in your life. And I wanted to invite you to discover the Resolve System, my own unique take on how to overcome virtually any challenge in your life. I've outlined the seven steps of the Resolve Formula that will take you through just about any challenge you could have in life or business. So head over to TotalFreedomPodcast.com forward slash resolve and check out the video. Thanks so much. You said something that I found very interesting. You said as a child or when you were younger, you would look up at the stars and, and all of that. Do you think that you had this intuitive nature when you were younger, but it just wasn't fully realized yet? And it took you getting into adulthood and going through the patriarchal experience to understand that? Um, yes, I do. I also think, though, because of my childhood, so my mum had um, mental health issues. I was a single parent family. Um, my mum had mental health issues and I had to grow up. And I think it snapped me straight out of that kind of childhood um, joy and wonder into, right, well, these are the, ex you know, be a good girl, go to school, don't cause your mum any hassle. You know, those kind of expectations. And then that just kind of, that carried on with me. Well, I've got to go to university. I've got to get a job, good job. I've got to make sure I can always financially support myself. And and then it just carried on for 20 years until finally something resonated and clicked. But yes, I do think as a whole, as adults, we tend to, um, we forget about the, the the creativity and the and the wonder and the imagination that we have as kids, and whether that's through 
um, your parents telling you that, oh, don't day- daydream anymore. That's silly. You've got to start thinking, you know, like a grown up or whether it's through peer pressure. We've kind of lost that connection. And so I know there is obviously this it's so amazing. There's such a big wellness kind of uh, resurgence. And people are really getting in touch with themselves and in touch with that inner child. But yeah, I, you know, now having a son, I look at the joy that he gets from playing with Duplo, playing with dinosaurs and just playing and chatting. And he's, he's making up little stories. And I just think, God, where, do, where have we lost that? Where have we lost that ability to just be and enjoy ourselves at a cellular, like a very basic level? Right. How do you incorporate that in with clients and people that you work with? In terms of, so different phases of the moon have different energies. So there are phases where we will be doing more physical, um, physical types of yoga because that's the phase in which we can do it. That's the phase in which the en- the body's got the energy to kind of do that. But there will be phases where we can explore and so, I, again, I'm already evolving into different types of yoga where it's more embodied, where you're feeling your way into your body and exploring rather than um, being told. Because essentially, yoga classes can be a bit instructional, almost uh, military-like, you know, back into downward-facing dog, and then up into Warrior 2 and then into Warrior 1. And it's just, it's, it can be really regimented. And then suddenly when we're faced with the opportunity to feel into our bodies and what our bodies want, we don't know what to do. And we feel very, um, it can be really, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, vulnerable, really, really vulnerable. Because you're suddenly like, well, I don't know what to, you tell me. You tell me what to do. Um, and the majority, you know, the majority of the time throughout my yoga practices, I will give people guidance that, you know, but again, it depends on the phase of the moon. But part of my process is to facilitate people to understand how they, um, how they express themselves physically and how they can start to tune in to their own bodies, because we're really, really missing that. We've kind of, I think the whole, um, spirituality and wellness sector it's come on leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds in like even the past five years. You know, most people now have a meditation practice. Most people now have a journaling practice. You know, people are doing the damn work. They understand the importance of mindset. They understand all of these things. However, there's still, I think people are neglecting the physical aspect and we carry such a lot of energy with us physically all these journaling and uh, meditation, they're all static practices. And so actually, by moving through our body, we, it's, it's working in partnership with the other spiritual practices that we're doing is because we're helping to clear and move energy at the same time. And I think for me, it's an aspect of the whole industry that we're neglecting. So we're doing the work, and that's amazing. But then we're going to the gym and pushing ourselves to absolute extremes three times a week, you know, every single week for the rest of the year and not understanding that there's also balance to be had there as well. Got it. 
One of the things that you said I want to dig into just a little bit is you said listening to the body. Are there maybe some things that are not normal types of things that people should be feeling, listening for that maybe have been misinterpreted? Um, I think, so especially for me in, um, in yoga, we can focus a lot on alignment, on a perfect alignment. And so an ex- example for me is um, we say your knee should never go above your ankle. Okay, so that's most people that have gone to yoga class will, you know, if you're bending your knee, your knee should never go for, forward of your ankle. It should always stay above it. Yet when we stand up and sit down, and honestly, I invite everybody to do this, stand up and sit back down again. And just notice what happens with your knee. And when you stand up and sit down, your knees go forward, above your, over your ankle, and back again. And we stand up and sit down, how many times in a day? You know, right. How many times across our lifetime? And, but apparently this is bad for us. This is bad for us. And so I've been doing training with, there's an incredible teacher called Alexandra Crow, who has been, um, a yoga teacher for 20 years and has been there done that kind of done all the extreme flexibility and she's now after injuring herself multiple times she's now started to look at the biomechanics and the makeup you know actual physical makeup of people and understanding that there's a range of movement that might not be accessible to people and also quite starting to question why we put, place so much value over these alignment techniques when actually we get up every single day in and out of a chair with absolutely no problem. So are we really saying that for 30 seconds in a yoga class once a week, that's going to cause people damage? It's not because it's all about loads and bearing and weight. And, you know, it's a whole, this is a whole other conversation. But it's been, it's been proven that actually... There are, there are some things that people physically don't have the range of motion to do. But when you're a yoga teacher that's just been used to kind of um, instructing people through poses, a lot of time people don't know what to do with people who don't have the same range of motion or don't, um, don't listen to the instruction. It's not because they they don't want to do it's not because they're rebelling it's because they physically can't do it and actually we have to offer variations and um you know different forms for them for them to do i myself am one of those people you said earlier on that people believe they can't do yoga because they're not physical enough or all that so i'm definitely one of those people that fall into that category but it's encouraging when i hear you say that you're focusing on the modifications and things like that to help a broader audience to get in touch. Because at the end of the day, yoga teaches so much about ourselves and our connection and our, you know, we talk about our ego all the time. There's no bigger um, battle with our ego when we're, we're kind of saying to ourselves, but I should be able to do this. And then you put your heart's going, but why? Why, why should you be able to do that? Because everyone else is doing it. Are they really? You know, and I think um, yoga is so much more than just flexibility of the body. You know, so 
And but I think as yoga teachers, it's and I, I can absolutely understand having been a yoga teacher for a couple of you know a couple of months. I can see that it's very easy to slip into a trap. It's very easy to teach a class of people that um, are institutionalized that want that regimented regime that are very flexible. That's not teaching. That's not teaching at all. That's not a, that's not a skill. That's instruction, and they're two very, very different things. Got it. During this time that we're under the lockdown, have you moved your business to an online virtual format? Were you already there prior to this? What does that look like for you right now? Interesting you say that. I saw the rush. So I saw the rush and deluge of um, yoga teachers. It was almost a panic because... For us in the UK, before even lockdown started, they, I think it was two weeks beforehand, uh, they closed all the gyms and all the studio spaces. So before lockdown even started, there was a rush and a panic. And you could, you could tangibly feel the panic. You know, when I looked on Instagram, I could feel the panic coming through my screen. And I just thought, I can't, I couldn't put myself out there. I didn't want to be part of the noise. I didn't think it was good for me emotionally mentally to be in the market of like jostling for position so I probably took about a month probably took about a month of and also my partner was um was still working so suddenly I had to be full-time childcare. so that immediately changed the dynamics of what I could and couldn't do and then actually after a full day of looking after our child um, do I then want to be like forcing myself into aggressive marketing and putting myself out there and doing lots and lots of planning because there's planning, so much planning that goes into a class. Um, and I thought, no, I don't. So it's taken me about a month and I've just felt into it and I feel like I'm just more holistically doing classes. Um, so I do, I do two classes a week um, and they're on my terms. And that's what I really felt like I will only do the types of classes that I want to, because ultimately, if I'm inviting people into my home, which is what we're doing now, we're kind of facilitating this. I'm inviting people into my home. That's their energy that they're bringing into my home. I need to be doing something that's right for me, that feels right for me to be teaching. And then I will naturally attract the people that want to come in and kind of and practice with me so no I haven't felt that um I haven't felt that pressure um I mean you know I'm I'm very fortunate that I haven't but I think it was needed because I think um it's just allowed me this to again again the word grace always comes up for me at the minute to just graciously put an offering out there that actually feels right is is more is more of a compassionate offering because people want it rather than a business money driven decision. And yes, I absolutely have bills to pay, but if I've learned nothing else, you can't make decisions from a purely a money orientated. It has to come from compassion as kindness and self-service. Absolutely. 
So we're coming up near the end here. So I want to be respectful of your time. And I wanted to ask for the listeners, how can they reach out and connect with you if they want to learn more? Um, so a couple of ways. You can follow me on Instagram. So my company is called Moon Made. And on Instagram, I am We Are Moon Made. Um, so that's M-A-D-E, not the mermaid. Um, and then I've, I'm just launching a new website as well. And that is www.wearemoonmade.com. Um, and again, so that's kind of a, an opportunity for me to kind of really put my... Um, for a long time, I felt that I couldn't be visible kind of talking about my spir- spirituality. And actually, I suddenly feel like I've stepped into my stepped into my power. So there are lots and lots of different ways that people can reach out and connect with me. And that's awesome. We will put all of that info in the show notes for the listeners so you can find that over at the totalfreedompodcast.com. Sarah, thank you so much for speaking to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love what you've shared and wish you well. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. Thanks for listening to Total Freedom with John Racine at www.totalfreedompodcast.com.